Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's part of the creative process. So when people say it's beautiful, I appreciate hearing all of that. But a lot of times that stuff is used in a superficial way, like mm. frosting on the cake, mm-hmm. as opposed to the beauty is the nutrition that you're absorbing, that it's sacred language. What is the anatomy of beauty? It's not Vogue, it's not Kim Kardashian, it's not cosmopolitan. And because of that, there's a lot of shadow stuff related. When you say the word beauty, you think, oh wow, superficial. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not that at all. Hi, I'm Dr. Amy Robbins and welcome to Life, Death, and the Space Between podcast. I have an incredible guest today. And if you have not heard about him yet, you've probably heard of one of his most recent documentaries, Fantastic Fungi, which is a documentary about the magic and intelligence of the nature and consciousness of mushrooms. However, today we're here to talk about Louis' amazing, amazing beautiful new film, which I, as you all know, who listen to the show, I have to read. I don't have to. I choose to read every book for all of my interviews because I think it makes for a richer interview. I was so excited to be able to watch a movie for this for this interview. And it the photography, the videography was just magnificent. And this movie is called Gratitude Revealed where Louis takes the viewer on this transformational experience of how to live a more meaningful life of gratitude. So welcome, Louis. Great to be with you, Amy. So this this movie is so visually compelling. What was it about wanting to showcase gratitude that felt so important to you? I think it started, obviously, when... um... Uh, growing up in Brooklyn, given my parents were Holocaust survivors. So, you know, they living under that roof, they appreciated all the little things in life. They were grateful for food on the table, a roof over your head, a steady job. 
and the miracle of being able to have children, especially my mom was given soup in Auschwitz to make women sterile. So oh to them, so they were survivors of Auschwitz. Yes. Both yeah, of survivors of Auschwitz. So imagine like living in that crummy little apartment in Brooklyn, it's heaven on earth. So obviously I learned from an early age to appreciate the little things in life, which really also influences the nature of films that I do, because it is about the little things, whether it's the bees, the pollinators, and the fungi. So that really instilled early on appreciation for, um, you know, the things that make the world go around and, and the things that we're grateful for. I'm sure you know that even everybody during COVID took for granted the, the ability to have uh, hang out with friends or go out to dinner with friends and family. An example of taking something for granted that is, mm -hmm. you know, small, not small, really important, but we don't think about it. And the same thing with um, the bees. If we, if we lose the bees, you lose your food supply. Again, we take that for granted, you know, so uh, making a film about gratitude seemed the perfect film for me to make after Fantastic Fungi, because in essence, I really want to take the wisdom of, of nature's wonders and intelligence and bring that from below the ground, above the ground, and, and talk about, you know, like in your world, I think it's called integration. Mm -hmm. Once you have like an aha moment, once you have a moment of self-discovery, eliminate a trauma or something, what are you going to do about it? You know, how are you going to activate that and make that a part of your personal life, your your community or the world? Um, so it was like a natural kind of evolution that I would make gratitude. And I've been capturing stories for decades of, of remarkable people who've overcome adversity, but have joy and hope in their lives. Because again, with my parents, those are the stories I love to tell because I was inspired certainly by the fact that they were able to share a lot of love and joy with me. And my mom had a ton of energy, super duper happy person, you know, and what do you, if, she, if she could do it, then it's almost like anybody can do it. What do you attribute to, to your parents, to your mother, as you just talked about her having all this energy, what do you attribute her ability to find that joy in the, in the, face of such horrific or i mean horror it's just i've yeah. been to auschwitz i've been to several camps that i visited and just imagining what it must have been like and i have family members who are survivors as well um yeah. it it's just i feel like people often in those circumstances can go one of two ways right they're either angry and resentful and feel like the world is just a horrible, unfair place, or they find these, these bits of joy and gratitude in everything. And so the world seems miraculous and amazing. And, and that's actually what you portray in, in these movies is the, mm -hmm. the miraculous nature of the world. How do you think she was able to tap into that for herself? I think she's, she was someone who was really, I think had a ton of resilience because she actually volunteered, you know, when the Germans <clears throat> had their slow program of um, annihilation, they, uh, you know, they asked like one member of the family to volunteer to go to a work camp. So my mom was the youngest. She had an older sister, older brother, both were married, both had kids. So she volunteered 
at a really young age, 17 or 18. Perhaps that has something to say because I didn't know her back then, you know, and what enabled her to survive. I think that's an indication that she was totally someone that had a lot of uh, strength and and determination and, and also maybe a belief that um, she would survive because I think that mm. when you go through a situation like that, the only way to fight back is to bear witness to what happened. That's the only weapon you've got, mm -hmm. period. Mm -hmm. So wanting to survive, wanting to be resilient, again, one of the major virtues of practicing gratitude, those are some of the benefits you get from it as well. Um, I think that's what kept her going. Did she, um, did her whole family die? Yeah, she lost her parents, lost, uh, you know, her, her brother, uh, lost his wife and children, and then she lost her sister who had children. Yeah. So the only one that survived was her brother. And then your I mean, your father was also a survivor? Yeah. So they were both from Poland. I mean, look at it this way. 90% of the Jews of Poland were killed. Yeah. I mean, that, that stat is the worst of any country, which is maybe a reflection of the amount of anti-Semitism, you know, especially in a very strong Catholic country. Um, so I don't know. I kind of thought about, am I one out of 10 times two? You know, only 10% survived. Those two met after the war, which okay. is really a beautiful, it's a beautiful story of what happens after the war, you know? Yeah. Did so, your father have the same um, appreciation for life afterwards as well? I think he did, but less expressive. I think he was more damaged from the experience, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Um, he was just a great worker, you know, provided for the family, but um, wasn't as effusive as my mom, for mm -hmm. sure. My mm -hmm. mom had the energy and, and my dad was, was a good man. How did you, when you were making the film, how do you decide who you're going to feature? Because there were so many incredible stories throughout, stories of resilience, stories of people finding hope in kind of the worst of circumstances how do you how do you pull out like this story is the one that i want to feature because yeah. there's millions of stories like this. yeah well so I, a lot of these i started as i said even a couple of decades ago when we didn't really have the internet and google so if i was filming in parts of the country on other projects i would ask the local newspaper and local radio station local film commission uh i tell them about the project i was working on and, and are there some really amazing interesting people you know and this is before again instagram where mm -hmm. everyone's got their own little brand and social media presence right so the only way anyone's ever noticed would be like a local tv show local you know newspaper article and and those have disappeared as well as you know mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. small town newspapers but that's how i found um a lot of them and then of course i would investigate do research figure out who i want to shoot but the other there was a flip side to that a lot of times people found me like in appalachia i was about to do a story about coal miners and this woman comes up to me at a gas station and uh 
She goes, you, I was looking at a map. Remember a map in the old days? I, lo- I still love a good paper map. My daughter <laughs> made fun of me when I was using it. I know. We so I got a map together. on the hood trying to figure out where we're going. She comes up. She goes, you look a little lost. You're not from these parts, are you? And I go, no, I'm, you know, I'm a filmmaker. I'm about to shoot a story up in the hills in Hazard County with coal miners. And she goes, what's your name? I said, Louis Schwartzberg. And she goes, well, if I were you, I would say your name is McCoy or McClintock before you go up in those hills. And um, so she had this kind of magical gleam in her eye. And I asked what she did. She said she was a rug weaver and a mountain woman. And I go, well, when I get back down, I'd, I'd love to come by and you know, maybe we could you know, film you. And that turned out to be one of the best moments for me in the movie is, you know, it's a sequence where she's on that, you know, weaving and looking out the window and talking about how the tractor works in rows and she works in rows going back and forth. And it was just such a powerful emotional moment. So I think the universe opened up some serendipity for me as well. Mm -hmm. How long did it take you to make this movie? The editing took about a little over a year and a half during COVID because I couldn't go out and shoot, but I'd been accumulating these, the imagery and these little short stories for decades with with the knowing that this was the movie you wanted to produce like that it was going to be about gratitude well i have a 2014 talk about gratitude you know that went viral and um i go 2014 and i have to imagine shit that's but that's 10 years ago right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so at that point obviously i knew i wanted to do it what happened was i think i showed the trailer at the ted talk I didn't realize back then that um, Ted puts her stuff on YouTube, you mm-hmm. know, because in a way for me, I, I thought I'm just showing it to an audience. Mm-hmm. And I really, I remember I was sort of unhappy or concerned that it went, they went and did it, but then it went viral. Mm-hmm. And so when it went viral, I said, well, then obviously there's something there. It proved to me there's an audience for it, even back then. Um. And now I think, you you know, obviously it seems like everybody's talking about gratitude, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Way more mainstream for sure, or, or about to be mainstream. Oh, I think it, it absolutely is mainstream. I mean, when I think about it, I always think about Oprah talking about her gratitude journal, yes. and, you know, back in the day, but it is definitely something that has, I mean, it, it's like, <clears throat> I would imagine this with the fantastic fungi guy. <laughs> fungi fungi we had a whole conversation before about how you say it movie it's like it's almost like you can predict what's going to be in the zeitgeist that needs to be shown to the world i mean i'm assuming that movie was you you filmed for a while too and then michael pollan's book and and the kind of renaissance of psychedelics also simultaneously totally yeah so the um, when it was released in 2019, I remember telling people I had started it 15 years before. You know, you know, I once read that artists have an antenna into the future, mm. and I think that's true because actually, when I, I've looked at books that compare um, history, you know, events with uh, art history, and art mm. history seems to precede the events, like. German expressionism painting is super dark. And then after that, you get like Hitler and World War II. Many parallels like that, where you see that the art of the time 
predicted the events that followed shortly thereafter. Wow. What's coming for us? Now? <laughs> well, this is great. To, I think that we're at a period of breakdown and breakthrough. I think it's a super exciting time when you look at the technologies that are here and, and the young people who believe that, you know, that they are solution oriented because, you know, uh, you can come up with a, an app or a hack or this or that. We never young, I mean, previous generations felt you had to work a long time to achieve that. You don't become a billionaire in your twenties, you know? Um, so I think that's kind of good. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, we need hope because of the, amount of depression which i'm sure you must be aware of with Very, you know yeah. the people feeling down about you know existential crisis with climate politics all the fear mongering that's going on um we need an antidote to all that which obviously is hope mm -hmm. and um and then again you know the breakdown is that is happening it's clear it's like political systems you know, are breaking down. Mm -hmm. um, fossil fuel economy, I think, will break down regardless of whatever, because at some point, either we get too polluted or we run out of oil. It's not going to last forever. Mm -hmm. You have to eventually go to a renewable model, eventually, at some point, with or without people. I don't know. But do you know what I'm saying? I mean, these systems are, are destined to fall apart. And that's what I learned in Fantastic Fungi. You know, like fungi, everybody goes, oh, that's weird. It's, you know, decomposition, decay. Well, maybe, maybe it's the beginning of life. Right. Maybe they're the recyclers that create the building blocks of carbon and nitrogen that plants need to absorb in order to be for a seed to become a plant, to become a baby, a plant, a tree, a seed. You know, all that happens with the building blocks that the fungi, you know, break down to be reassembled you know and that's what life's all about so um yeah i, I think in a way this is really an extraordinary time mm -hmm. to be alive and hopefully you and all your listeners chose to be here at this point in time to have the you know to do the, the job you're supposed to do have purpose to heal the world you're all sounding quite spiritual to me over there what's that no, it just, you, it just, yeah. you, the way you're talking about it is something that my listeners definitely, I think would yeah. resonate with totally. is, you know, what are, what did, why are we here now? What is collectively, what are we supposed to be doing collectively right. to help grow the consciousness of the planet, ourselves, our souls, everything. Yeah. And well, but, but that indirectly is what my films are about without being overtly, you know, um, on the nose about it. Because like even in Gratitude Revealed, for example, there's nothing in there that even says the most simple things like how to practice gratitude. Mm -mm. There's nothing, there's not even a mention, uh, in mentioning about how to journal or do this or do that or meditate. They're, they are examples of people that are living with purpose, living with passion, overcome adversity, have joy and hope. So you just get to like hang with these people for a little bit. And yeah. then- it's really great that you have to kind of lean in, right? And create the context of what is the meaning of that to you. Right. And you can't help but be inspired by these stories. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Yeah. That you share. It's like, okay, so so on that note, um, you in the movie it's stated, gratitude arises in natural con- gratitude arises naturally in conditions of scarcity. Yeah. Right, which is what you talked about with your mom. Do you think now in a culture where there's so much excess, it's more difficult to find that gratitude? It's like you can find it in the shadows because you know what those shadows feel like. But if there's never shadows, the simplicity of, you know, watching the waves come in or, you know, standing on top, there were images you had of waterfalls mm-hmm. and, you know, standing on cliffs, like the magic of that, the awe of that, it's, it's almost taken for granted because it's like, oh, I yeah. just hop on a plane and I see that, or, you know, I just, I can watch it online. There's, there's not that same um, scarcity. Yeah. Well, maybe scarcity is also similar to um, simplicity. You know, if someone's just standing mm-hmm. on that rock watching the sunset, I always say if they charge, there'd be like a giant crowd every time watching the sun go down. But it's the greatest show on earth and it's free. It is. And, and so it's there. So I think what happens is in that line from the movie, um, it's, you know, I guess simplicity and getting rid of all the complexity of life. You know, and then you think about that also that the complexity, if you have more stuff, you have more responsibilities, you have more virtual connections, more mm-hmm. emails, more whatever. I mean, all that stuff, what has it contributed to? That we have more stress and anxiety now than ever before, even though everyone's more affluent. You've got a, a giant spike in teenage suicide. Why is that? I mean, don't mm-hmm. I compare that to what my parents went through as teenagers, you know, in World War II? Come on, you know. So now we got too much stuff, and, and your parents much- were do would do anything to survive, right? With nothing. Yeah. And we have people who, again, there's a lot of mental illness that goes into it, and but I do think to what you're speaking to, there's there's access, and we still can't find that happiness i think the access all that excess creates stress and anxiety mm-hmm. you know i'm trying to shed every time i think of stuff you know i try to you know if you get a car then you got responsibilities you gotta you know all that all that stuff adds up and you um realize that you know, then you're then you're just becoming a caretaker for your stuff mm-hmm. and if you're more materialistic as living in a consumerism society you know it's 
you can't blame someone for having for becoming a consumer because right. you get bombarded every day about it. And so you know, I, I try to flip that around because I mean, I think another angle of the value of the films that I do, and you said how beautiful the cinematography was, is that I, I use beauty to seduce people to fall in love with nature in order to protect it. But that same beauty is also used to make commercials and to sell product. Mm, you know, it's a mm -hmm. biological thing that we're hardwired to react to, you know, to for me to trigger your sensory receptors to turn you on is what I want to do in a movie, obviously. But I directed commercials for 15 years early in, in my career in order to put my daughters through school and couldn't get into unions, all that other stuff. But I learned so much from doing that because I worked with the the best artists money could buy, you know, with music and art direction mm -hmm. and costume design and production, right? Commercials are, are the most expensive media, at least back then, that was created. And you work with the best people, quote unquote, mm -hmm. the best artists to do what? To trigger you to want to buy something. Right. The, the psychology behind that all. Yeah. Yeah. Which is powerful. If you mm -hmm. take beauty out of a commercial, all those things I described, those tools that trigger all your multiple sensory receptors, then you have a dry message that would be like, you know, right. print that would say, buy my product. Right, right. But but I I really appreciate how you've used nature. And when you were talking about the sunset, you know, it's always amazing to me. We have a cottage just in Michigan. And every night, at nine o'clock, people are walking down to watch this spectacle. And it's it's like a thing. It's like a movie. Yeah. Are you going tonight? Who's right. going to sunset tonight? Right. Everybody texts the messages. Who's going? Who will be there? You know, you bring s'mores, whatever it is. And you go down and every single night it's different. It's never the same show. Not once. Whether it's the way the clouds come in, whether it's the way the rays light up. And everybody stands there in complete awe of the colors and the, you know, the, the magic of it all. And it's like, how can we, and then we walk back to our houses and everybody, you know, goes on their way. And it's like, how can we continue to find this awe in, in everyday life? And you capture it mm -hmm. in this movie. And That's I great. think, and I think you capture, um, the beauty of people's stories as well and their struggles and their narratives and how they dig, they dig within to find joy, happiness, contentment. Um, and you talk in the movie too about feelings of compassion and gratitude and have an incredible way of invoking compassion for the people that you interviewed. Why do you see compassion is so important in feeling more gratitude well i think you know obviously in the film i if i decided to film them i obviously fell in love with them you know so in the filming of them i'm i think what you're feeling is obviously you know it, it is compassion but i'm honoring them mm. by being a good listener mm -hmm. and, and telling their story and actually taking responsibility it's a it's a burden when you take someone's story and then you're going to have to share it, then you got to, you got to, you got to do it. Right. Cause if you don't do it, 
then you it's trapped that story mm. you know story needs to get out to the world mm -hmm. so um I, I think that's probably you know that feeling of compassion is there you know it's really important when when i film even if i'm just shooting like a landscape that you don't just set up the camera and figure out the f-stop and the shutter speed and the composition and you get it because there's a lot of things you have to figure out and you get all that done and then also when you get it done like okay great and then all of a sudden you press the button and shoot the photo you have not captured the emotion of the mm. moment mm -hmm. what you need to do and what i try to do is yeah i figure out the logistics of what i got to do but then at the moment that i am going to record I want to be filled with the the emotional feeling of what I'm filming. Mm. So it, whether it's captured or whether I remember it as I edit it and as I work with it and I add music to it and and embellish it and strengthen it and enhance it and make it a stronger vibration of that particular magic moment of emotional connection right that is a a pearl on the necklace in the string mm -hmm. called the movie right mm -hmm. i'm enhancing it you know and so um yeah that's what i love to do that's 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 part of the creative process so when people say it's beautiful you know and oh and the music and this and that it's like um, I appreciate hearing all of that, but a lot of times that stuff is used in a superficial way, like mm. frosting on the cake, mm -hmm. as opposed to the beauty is the nutrition that you're absorbing, that it's sacred language. As I said earlier, it manipulates our economy 100%. Mm -hmm. if, if we live in a consumer economy, we do, obviously. It's driven by marketing, obviously. Right. And marketing uses beauty to sell product. So, uh, you know, I'm using that same powerful tool, which I'm really uh, in um, in awe of, like, what is beauty? What is mm -hmm. the anatomy of beauty? It's not Vogue. It's not Kim Kardashian. It's not cosmopolitan, you know? And because of that, there's a lot of shadow stuff related. When you say the word beauty, you think, oh, wow, superficial, you mm -hmm. know, uh, glamour. You know, mm -hmm. it's not that at all. You know, um, it is biologically inherent in our DNA. Yeah. Well, and it's, it, it's, you are able to capture all the senses, I think. All the senses? Sense, that too. <laughs> senses, senses. Oh, all senses. The senses. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. I, we want to, we want to be more heart centered, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and obviously I'm, it could be schmaltzy, but I definitely want, I'd rather appeal to the heart than the head, you know, and um, I want people to feel. And and, and I think and they, then, they do that. You can't yeah. not feel when you watch this movie. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's, and that's what, that's the intention. And I think that's also my little baby step to counteract the, the standard emotion of fear, which is exuded in, in almost all entertainment. It is mm -hmm. all about conflict, mm -hmm. a lot of violence, a lot of sexual, you know, exploitation. Mm -hmm. I mean, look at almost 90% of what you're going to watch is going to have that element in it. Revenge. That's probably know? why I can't watch a lot of TV or exactly. movies because it's not right. it's so it's so disheartening. 
Exactly. So that is the formula for what they consider to be economically viable product mm -hmm. is to be able to have conflict. Mm -hmm. You know, they, I've been told many a time and I always have to quietly my brain quietly inwardly say bullshit <laughs> when I'm told over and over that, you know, you have to have conflict or to tell a story, mm. which kind of gets me into this whole idea about even in natural history films, it's all about this macho story of killer be killed, survival of the fittest, this doggy dog thing. The most beautiful story of nature and the story we need to go forward in this particular time is the feminine. I, mm -hmm. you know, I do, I did Wings of Life, which is, you know, Meryl Streep being the voice of the flowers, seducing bees, bats, hummingbirds, and butterflies to come get her. It's a love story, a love story that feeds the earth. That is a pathway to our survival. Fungi have made soil, no soil, no plants, no plants, no food, medicine, shelter. But these are billions of little interactions called symbiotic relationships that are about regeneration. It's mm -hmm. about nurturing. It's mm -hmm. about giving birth. <laughs> right. Like that's where it's at. That's the story. That's what we need to promote, not the killer be killed. So my podcast is about life and death. We've talked yeah. a lot about life. I want to talk a little bit about death because in the that. movie, okay. um, the gentleman at the end, I believe it was at the end, said, we are all God and worms. What did that mean to you? <laughs> well, that we're doomed to decompose like like any other organic animal on this planet. But at the same time, while we're alive, we have this, you know, consciousness that is able to think about death and to think mm. about being, you know, small in the grand universe. You know, those big ideas. I'm not sure all animals contemplate those ideas. I think perhaps it's mostly human beings that do that. Maybe mm -hmm. that's our gift. Um, our so, gift and our but, curse, right? Yeah, but at the same time, we also are doomed to be worms, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, and, and we will decompose on the ground and, and, be, and feel good about it. I feel comfortable knowing that if and when I die, that my molecules will get recycled um, mm. because that's just the way it is. And it's, I'm fine with feeling part of a, of a living universe, not a dead universe that I'm going to go mm. into, mm -hmm. but it's a living universe, um, beyond my wildest dreams. I mean, my body alone is 70 trillion cells, you know, yeah. there's, when you there's think like of the miracle of life. It's like, how does it even happen? I mean, it's yeah. just, I mean, yeah. in the cubic, you know, inch of earth, there's four miles of mycelium. I mean, if I'm going to go into that, you know, matrix of unit of, of a network, um, I'm okay with it. I think it's really, it's, it's just return. I mean, matter can't be destroyed or created, mm -hmm. you know, um, if, if everything is a cycle, then I'm not going to judge the beginning or the end of it, mm. you know, because it is a circle, mm -hmm. you know? And I learned that from fungi. I could say fungi is the end of life. No, it could be the beginning of life. Right, right. You know, death right. is the end of life. Well, maybe, or it's the beginning. Right. You know? Right. It's, it's, tra it's all a, a transition, right? It's like yeah. the, 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 everything works together. I mean, that was the fungi movie is how everything works together. And the fungi is a, 
a huge part of that that we don't even pay attention to. Right. And and actually, I've been thinking about this recently. Um, at that moment of death or birth, you know, it that that becomes like a portal into, I think, a, into the, a spiritual place or the divine, whatever you want to call it, mm -hmm. because the rest of it is kind of like linear in that respect that you're seeing what's going on it's a progression of you know being young and getting older but right. there's this moment there are these magic moments and it happens every day at sunset for example we go from light to dark mm -hmm. you know we go from yin to yang i mean we go from you know opposites all the time and it and at sunset and then they call it magic hour mm -hmm. why do they call it magic hour because it is Mm -hmm. it is this incredible thing where you have one foot in in day and one foot in night and the colors are spectacular you know and it's the best lighting for cinematography mm. you know how come i can um, never get a good picture <laughs> it I'm probably the wrong it, camera but 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 it's you know it's, it's like at these moments of transition a mm. transformation mm -hmm. there is something magical going on um that gives you maybe a peek into the universe or what you might call death you know that's mm -hmm. when we get a glimpse into it because mm -hmm. it that's where it, it's happening and then it reemerges. what's next for you what are you working on well um tell us tell us the future okay Definitely, I'm going to do, I think, a deeper dive into wonder and awe and beauty. Oh. You know, like people go, how can you make a film about gratitude? I mean, in a way, it's just a word. It's one word. It's a feeling, whatever. And I did, you know, but I would love to do a deep dive into wonder and awe and beauty. And, and then currently, um, in order for people to have, I think, the uh, emotional impact with Gratitude Revealed, we created um, my own platform. It's called the Louis Channel. It's sort of like a Netflix, HBO, Disney Plus quality platform that you can uh, download in the App Store on an Apple TV or Roku or Smart TV. But it's also, you know, on, you can get it on your phone. But again, I want people have to have an immersive experience. You want to watch it in 4K. You want to watch mm. it in 5.1 stereo. I mean, I'm just saying... If I'm going to go to the effort of capturing all the fine detail of like the the tiny little fractal pixels on a butterfly's wing, butterfly wing, you want to be able to see it mm -hmm. because that's sacred geometry. You know, you mm -hmm. want to be able to to feel it, just like with music. You don't watch music in a compressed format when you can listen to it in a in a broader format. So, anyways, I created the platform so that. We could have educational outreach, social impact. We do have a curriculum. We do have a journal that goes along with Gratitude Revealed that gives people um, really, you know, good practices and guidelines on how to, you know, practice things like focus and creativity and connection, uh, compassion, forgiveness, you know, all the building blocks, I think, that add up to gratitude. Mm -hmm. And I also wanted a place where people could go and know that even for a split second, you're not going to get a, a touch of violence, a mm -hmm. touch of somebody screaming at somebody, you know, um, pointing a gun at you, 
um, pressing the fear button, which is the easiest button to press in terms of activating an emotional response. Mm -hmm. You know that as a psychologist, but so does every TV producer. Um, If you want to get an adrenaline rush, give them fear, you know, and it's easy. I feel like I want to download the app and just have it on my TV at home at all times. Sort of like those pictures that just kind of pop up that are beautiful, right? Yeah. Like, oh, can we go there? And a lot of people actually do that. There's a, I have a series on Netflix called Moving Art, which is music and visuals and no words. And Uh it, there's 20 episodes. So it links one into the other. And people say they play it all the time. But I'll tell you something that's interesting, Amy, given that you're a doctor, I've gotten hundreds of comments from my moving art series that went from parents claiming that they, their children with autism had a major breakthrough, parents saying that they use it to, to help their kids fall asleep, teenagers mm. claiming that it, they were suicidal and it saved their life, a lot of people talking about stress and anxiety, a lot of people talking about post-op, pre-op, as well as end-of-life anxiety, people struggling with cancer. So all the way from birth to death, people say they use it as a healing modality. Mm. I mean, I'm not surprised. Isn't there? I think there's research that like people who are in nursing homes who have trees outside of their rooms tend to survive longer because I think that's the research because they're able to witness nature. It's medicine. It is medicine. We were. Mm -hmm. We are nature. Mm -hmm. We we used to live in nature. Yep. It's only in a, a fraction of a split second. You know, if you look at, you know, 200 years of history with the Industrial Revolution that, you know, we we created these, you know, cities where everybody works in factories or offices or whatever. It, it's just, it's really a blink of the eye, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and I think people think this is the way it, it's always been or this is the way it is. It's not, you know, and well, so we have to reconnect. I- Right. And I think, you know, going back to talking about how you are kind of on the cusp of these of these ideas, I do feel like there's such a push to get back to that. You know, people obviously there's been a lot of talk about organic farming and things like that, but people who are really kind of throwing their hands in the air and going back to living off the land and starting their own farms and, you know, gardens, whatever it is, and being in nature in that way, because it is that powerful and that healing yeah. to just hear the birds chirp and watch the water, you know, the waves come in or the clouds move or the, have your hands in the soil or whatever it is that that's really healing. And we've gotten really far away yeah. from that. And it also happens to have a, a collateral benefit that it's, it's, it helps the environmental movement on a small scale because not being dependent on the old-fashioned model of, mm-hmm. you know, I've got to eat that tomato that's shipped from Mexico that, you know, it has to be refrigerated, ends up in a supermarket. Anybody can grow a tomato. Anybody can grow a tomato on a back porch in a pot. So you get the benefit of seeing the biological beauty of, of life, you know, but at the same time, it's a smaller carbon footprint. I'm not saying everybody should like go off the grid, like, you know, become right. a farmer. Right. But every and just small taste step we that make. tomato. Just, just, yeah. I did this the other day with a friend because I have a little garden as well. And I put two tomatoes in front of her and said, taste these two. And it's, it's, you can't, you can't even compare a supermarket right. bought tomato from 
something that you planted grew and then picked off the vine and ate. Because, it's well, it's a totally uh, different experience. I'm sure you put a lot of love into it, but you know, you're basically eating soil, you know, is what you're eating. And uh, you know, factory farms, you know, it's all like, you know, fertilizer and this and that. That's why you do organic because you want to, you want to be able to be eating light energy captured from the sun <clears throat> with all the nutrients that the soil provides. That's what food is. Mm. And we've forgotten or that whole idea. Well, Louie, I could talk to you for I for like hours and hours, but my listeners probably don't want to listen for hours and hours. That's so okay. on that note, um, we anybody who's interested, they can find your work at the Louie channel. We'll link everything here. But thank you so much for your time today. Sure. One last question. If people are yeah. curious about the story of your parents, is that recorded anywhere? Um, I Not really. Uh, it's something I, I would love to do. But let me just add a little, you know, vignette to that because we, you know, we said that they survived Auschwitz, and it sounds really terrible. But what's really beautiful was, again, this comes to the essence of your podcast: from life, from life comes rebirth, from ashes comes rebirth. Because right, they met right after the war in a relocation camp, and um, they knew each other for two weeks before they decided to get married. Because once he figured out who was survivors, who was left, there's a there's a uh, an urge to merge, mm -hmm. and uh, and then friends who they just met stood in for their parents to walk them down the aisle, Aww. and so there's a beautiful story of really what occurred right afterwards, after the liberation in these mm -hmm. camps, relocation camps, while they were waiting to figure out where they were going to go because nobody in the world wanted wanted the jews after the war mm -hmm. the u.s wouldn't accept them i know there was palestine and there was you know that's what was happening there and they were trying to make that a place where, where jews could go but for two years there was they lived in relocation camps so anyways there was a beautiful it just it goes to show that even in the worst situation love life can be found li yeah life life, life emerged again right and it and how resilient it was and it couldn't and, be squashed and do you have siblings i do so how many people are there from your parents now well just me i had had an older sister who passed away about three or four years ago Sorry. but that is an example of um the, neg the, the, the negative aspects of that experience because she kind of adopted the whole victimhood thing you know, she identified so strong with my mom and dad and and everything in her life was seen through the eyes of being a victim. It's something that I could easily fall into, but I'm mm -hmm. more aware not mm -hmm. to do that because no matter how legitimate it is if to, that you were victimized, mm -hmm. all you're doing is hurting yourself. Right. And so um, late in life, I've learned like, don't go there because mm -hmm. it, it, it all you're just hurting yourself. Right. It's a rabbit hole that you can't, it's tough to get yeah, out of. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Because sometimes you think, oh, just because I'm justified to feel this way. I mean, that person blindsided me and that rear-ended me. I mean, I had mm -hmm. nothing to do with this thing. No, And if you get sucked into feeling like a victim over that for a long period of time, then you're just hurting yourself. Wow. Well, thank you so much, 
for your time. Last yeah. time we had technical issues. This time, luckily, we didn't. This time we Good. had delivery, furniture delivery issues, but it yeah. all worked out. So okay. thank you so much, Louie. All right. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. I have one question before we stop. Yes. Do you happen to know my sister-in-law's grandmother was a survivor and we recorded her story, but it's not super well done because it was like on Zoom and she didn't have great um she didn't have great connection and there's like a delay in the talk versus her. Do you know where I might be able to send that to be able to oh, um get it fixed? Yeah. Or have it like made into something that that I can at least give. My son did the interview at the time. My my sister in law's children were like babies, and my son is obsessed with the Holocaust. Yeah, I, I just I just heard like there's an audio fixing tool. I think it's called La La AI L A L A AI, and that's so that's so AI is being used now to repair audio. Okay, you could. That's what I would do. And I think you can just download that thing and apply it, and it'll—it's miraculous what it could do. La la AI. La la. For fixing. Grandma it's Sarah. a sound fixing tool. It's pretty great. It's either free or thirty-five bucks, and it'll just clean up your audio track. Good thing to know, even for what the podcast you're doing. Right. If there was like an airplane or, or some kind of static buzz that you picked up by accident, it'll get rid of it. Okay. Well, thank you, Louie. You're okay. amazing. I'm excited for your next movie, All right. whatever it is. Appreciate it. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Like what you heard today and want to hear more? Wondering what comes next and what it all means? Head over to Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or anywhere you get your podcasts and hit subscribe. Also, if you could take a minute to rate and review my podcast, I would really appreciate it. Stay tuned as we continue to explore life, death, and the space between. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.